This episode of the podcast is with Penelope Houston of the Avengers, pivotal punk band from San Francisco. Uh, on the 21st, uh, last Wednesday, they played with Elvez doing uh, a tribute to the Screamers at Zebulon. So upset to miss it, but I was actually at uh, the Cream Magazine documentary uh, screening over at the Grammy Museum, and uh, that was fun too. I hated making a decision like that, but um, here we are. That was great. <laughs> On that note, um, Cream is risen, as they say, and it is back with uh, full print and digital media along with uh, full access to their archives online, which is really cool to go back and, and read a Black Sabbath review by the late, great Lester Bangs. Um, he's a big reason I started writing in the first place, uh, among other uh, influences, as, as it goes. Um, I then caught Voxtrot, indie royalty, over at uh, the Regent on, what was that, Saturday? And... Uh, yeah, they're they're back after 12 years. Uh, they're back touring. Uh, they're hitting the road again. Um, they're just released was something of a best of called uh, Early Music, um, released this year. A lot of hits, all the ones you remember from those mid aughts, those lovely days, the golden age of, I think, the golden age of indie rock, before it started getting horn sections and southern accents. Anyway, this is about the Avengers, and talking to Penelope Houston was a blast. Um, I've been wanting to meet them for I don't know since my <laughs> since one of the first they're one of the first bands I ever got into. I remember going into Doctor Strange and asking uh, uh, what was his name? I forget his name now. I was like I'm just on a hunt for new stuff. I had a Ramones LP. I had a Black Flag LP. I had a uh, the Damned, uh, the Black Album on CD, and I was just craving more, and I didn't know where to look. So I asked the guy behind the counter, hey, what's next? Name a band. And he says, oh, you're here? The Avengers. You definitely need to check out The Avengers. So I get Died for Your Sins, the album that they took a while to release, uh, songs that they had recorded back in the day, but um, for so many reasons couldn't get them released. And I finally got to see it all live at Alex's Bar in Long Beach, along with Stormhouse, Cosmic Kitten, and Self-Improvement, though I only caught Self-Improvement as they opened. Um, uh, I spent the rest of the time, most of the rest of the time, talking to Penelope uh, outside, and we talked about the state of punk um, uh, venues and whatnot. Nice, nice chat. You know, as as I do things, I, I like to just chat, have conversations, and uh, this one didn't go for three hours, so you don't have to strap in. Um, enjoy uh, twenty eight minutes of of chit chat with a punk legend. It was an absolute honor talking to her, and uh, we talked venues, music, the state of punk, everything. And this weekend, uh, the. 30th uh, Friday. Uh, they're going to be in Arcata at a place called Humboldt Brews with former chimps. And on Saturday, October 1st, they're going to be in San Jose at the Ritz with the Hellflowers. Uh, this is going to be cool. Be sure to check them out. They put on a phenomenal show at Alex's Bar. That was my first time there. What a great venue. What a uh, place to look up to. 
you know it's it's one of those like just sizable but not enormous maybe i don't know 200 cap place and uh just everyone there was cool uh, all the bands were great sounded great bunch of cool shit on the walls nautical themes kind of freaked me out and uh yeah well here is my conversation with Penelope Houston. I'm going to be doing a little more uh, around this with with a, uh, a vlog, so uh, stay tuned for that. And along with photos of this set with, on my website, justinbeager.com, under Sketch Sounds. And uh, yeah, enjoy. Killed by Desk. Killed by Desk, yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah. It was like the, the the vocalist of their band or a band that they were in, he was like barely in the background. They were having right. technical issues. I, it just reminded me of that, right? <laughs> and he asked you, uh, oh, who's Dewey? <laughs> because uh, you were talking about the library. <laughs> yeah, it was all about the jobs that you had. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to ask you what your first job was. Oh, uh, my first job was um, I, I worked in a restaurant actually in uh, Bellevue, Washington. Mm. I was a teenager, and I was just filling in some time before I went off to art school. Oh. I got this job in a restaurant, but before that, actually, I, had, I was sort of an entrepreneur. I had a button making machine, and I made buttons. And I took them down to um, Pike's Place Market mm-hmm. uh, in Seattle, and there was a lot of people selling mostly, you know, foods, but there were also people selling like little trinkets and things. And I was selling these buttons, oh, <laughs> like cool. badges. Yeah. And they were the kind of big two-inch ones, and uh, I also did um, portraits. Mm like sketches but I wasn't very fast so people had to sit there for kind of a long time for me to get to get a likeness like how long like how long was quick how long was standard and then how long were you I feel like standard is like four minutes oh you know like quick sketch artists at the beach or whatever and I was probably 20 minutes like doing a serious pencil drawing (laughs) and I was about 16 at the time so people are looking at you like Hey, uh, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think I had. I I think I only did a few. Oh. Okay. I don't think that was a that was a career choice for me. Uh, but then I went to art school mm-hmm. and actually learned how to paint and draw and everything. Oh. But not not fast. No. No. <laughs> I saw that you were at. Uh, so you played the screamers like sort of tribute show on on wednesday (laughs) no we we played the avengers show but robert um lopez who is elvez Mm. has a tribute to the screamers and i asked him to play with us so he did um his set which Mm. is a tribute to the screamers of screamer songs with a backing band and it was crazy because all these people i know from the mask days and the Canterbury days were there. There was three of the screamers. Um, Tomato, of course, the lead singer passed away a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But all the other screamers were there. I was like, I was just so blown away. And then Robert used to be in the Zeros, and Hector is playing with us, and he was in the Zeros, and one of the Dills was there, and um, 
someone from the weirdos was there. It was like oh, it was wow. crazy. It was just like old old LA, old Hollywood punk reunion. That's so cool. Yeah, just classic reunion, right? Yeah. Yeah. I uh I interviewed Paul Rossler uh a few months ago actually. Yeah, Paul came. Yeah. Paul came. I yeah. saw I saw he he had posted some photos. I was like, "Oh, man." <laughs> I wanted to go to that show, and I was uh, I was over at Cream Magazine is back, and they did a uh, screening of their documentary, and I was like, ah, <laughs> let me go to this one. I don't know when they're gonna do that again, and then yeah, I was glad you were playing today. So oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. I gotta I gotta yeah. catch that for sure. Yeah, that was that was super fun, yeah. and. and uh, uh, that's the first time we played the Zebulon, but that, they were really nice. It's, it's good sound, and everything was good there. Yeah, it's a really good spot. Uh, for as small as it is, like it, it hosts a lot of just people I wouldn't. Ex- I, I saw Andrew Bird there. Oh wow! Do his thing, you know, and he did. What was it called? Uh, Echo Locations, I think. That album, and he had recorded it in the LA river under some bridge and he had mic'd it up and it was the coolest thing ever. So he's doing video in the background of that and just playing to this not even full audience. I'm like, everybody, Andrew Bird is here. Does anybody <laughs> do that? Yeah. I love Andrew Bird. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. I like, I felt like I made an ass of myself. I was like trying to talk to him and I was talking about his like early work and I'm like, I always try not to do that. He's like, I wrote that album when I was 18. I was like, Ah, thanks. All right, cool. <laughs> you ever have any moments like that with like, you ever nerd out still with, with like uh, celebrities or other musicians you never met? Hmm. I don't meet that many people that would make me turn into a fangirl. Um, Nick Cave, if I met Nick Cave, I would be a little starstruck. He played, uh, it's like the only show I went to in the last two and a half years was Nick Cave um, playing at the at the Paramount in Oakland. And, mm. and he was just wearing this, he has this long flowing dark hair and a kind of gray beard that's quite long. And he was wearing a suit with a brightly colored shirt with flowers all over it underneath the suit. And he just was walking down the street, very, very skinny guy, he's Australian. And um, walking past me, and I looked at him, and I was like, that guy totally looks familiar, like a rock star, but I didn't know who it was. And then that night I went to the concert, I was like, that's him. (laughs) I knew he was a rock star. (laughs) I wanted to ask you about, um, about like the, so the rise and fall and rise again constantly of, of punk uh, from 77 to now. How do you, how do you feel like it's changed and stayed the same is it evolving is it is 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 your ethos uh your original ethos uh still here and uh you think it'll just keep going for decades and decades well when i see bands like the linda lindas um i feel like the true uh ethos of punk is still there Mm -hmm. and i um it's of course it's changed a ton. I mean, from '77 to '80, it changed already. Uh, all the bands that that I was friends with in 1977, um, 
were quite different from the ones from like 80, 81, once it turned hardcore. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just all guys, basically. And I kind of dropped out. I was sort of into art punk and then I, I kind of got into my own thing from mm -hmm. that point on. And then I didn't really follow all the 90s punk bands that got really big down here from Orange County and all. I didn't follow that. And uh, then... Um, Pennywise and all those guys and... Whoever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Uh, and then Green Day and, the you know, the pop punk stuff started happening and that got huge too. And I thought that was kind of cool, but I wasn't... You know, I was already musically had moved on yeah and it and and i didn't reform the band so from 77 we didn't play at all until 90 some 79 mm -hmm. we didn't play at all until 99 so that was a 20-year break mm -hmm. and then um lookout records wanted to re-release the the uh well no they wanted to put some stuff out and our album was in some kind of legal limbo so we we put something together for them um which was all, a lot of different songs. And then they were like, do you want to play the record release party? So we started doing some Avenger stuff again in the 90s. And um, I don't know, punk, <laughs> it kind of seems to live on. And I feel like for teenagers, they need that kind of rebellion. Mm -hmm. uh, and kids like the Linda Lindas are just killing it. They're you know they're great and they're and they just are so true to what they believe and mm -hmm. to themselves and I think that's that's really awesome and then there's a lot of people who are still making music um, from back then um, so that's also cool yeah and we don't when when I do the Avengers it's we're not writing new material basically we're doing the original material because that's what people seem to want to hear <laughs> and when I write new material it's it's in my own Penelope Houston solo band style so it's kind of a different style so yeah I was listening to that and I, I love that it's such a new taste and a, a completely different than than the Avengers altogether it's like just it's completely your own and really interesting stuff i was listening to it on the way here too and it was i was like wow this is so great <laughs> some of the lyrics are um are sharper uh i mean i've written things that that could have been done by the Avengers. i mean could have been played by the avengers mm -hmm. and actually um there's a couple songs i did when we were in tour on tour in europe that were newer songs that uh, the band was doing because mm -hmm. we were just Oh, oh, I know. We played Rebellion, which is a huge, huge three-day, four-day punk festival in Blackpool. And they always ask us to do, like, do we do the acoustic set, you know? Mm. Uh, Avengers, on, <laughs> Avengers Acoustic <laughs> or whatever. It's like, well, we don't really do that, but we're going to put together a bunch of songs. And so some of them were my songs. We did about three Avengers songs. And then, um, so that was, and that was sort of semi-acoustic. But then I think... The band also learned a song that I'd written with Billy Joe Armstrong in, oh, cool. in the 90s, which is kind of a pop punk song. So um, so that was interesting. But I, I kind of feel like my attitude has always been punk, even when I'm making acoustic music mm -hmm. anyway. So 
you know, you've got people like Billy Bragg or John Doe or just different people who do different genres or different styles, but their attitude is still kind of punk rock. Yeah. And that's the, the beauty of it. You can still hear it somewhere in there, right? There's, there's just kind of a subtle twang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great I think to if hear. You listen to my lyrics, you, you hear the darkness that, you know, comes from the anger that produces punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I mean, the world's getting, getting interesting. It's been getting interesting, right? And, and I feel like punk is, doesn't have more of a better place than right now for like, like you said, with the younger generation, like still having that outlet, that energy. I think nowadays it's just, it's, it's just ripe for even more, you know? And I, I, I love that, that everyone, you know, pays respects to, to the pioneers of this genre and, and, and this, call it a movement, call it many movements. It's so great that, I mean, places like Alex's bar are just constantly cranking them out and, and everybody stays in that, in that energy. And it's, it's great. It's not even refreshing. It's just constantly, you know, flowing and it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, a lot of those pioneers of that time, uh, are getting very old and dying off. That's why it was kind of amazing to see the tribute to the Screamers the other night, just mm. because the Screamers only played in 77, 78, I think. I'm not yeah. sure they were even playing in 79. And they never, ever reformed. And I don't know if anybody's ever done Screamers covers, but they're, uh, they were an amazing band. They had their lead singer, Tomato Plenty, was just the most remarkable performer. Mm. And nobody can really quite do tomato but uh, <laughs> Robert was doing Elvez was doing a, a super good job of trying to you know bring him out but um there's still bands from 40 years ago that haven't quite been discovered yet you know mm. there's they're still uncovered and unknown legends do you think the digital age will help that along or do you think some people will just remain in the obscurity I think so but um, unfortunately back then you know if you wanted to have a record of your performance you had to get someone who had super 8 who could afford super 8 or yeah. because video cameras were like gigantic clunky things that belong to TV stations and yeah. stuff you know it wasn't that easy to get uh, performances so when you actually see a performance from 1977 on on YouTube it's like rare yeah. there's a, probably tons of bands that never got filmed and there are a lot of bands more bands got recorded and that obviously is easier to find mm -hmm. with the internet but um, nowadays I do a set and I'm like who's got cell phone footage of you know <laughs> me and Eloise from the Linda Linda singing like I need that you know it's like you can count on X number of people pulling out their phones and recording different parts of your set. So yeah, you yeah. could always like cobble together whatever happened. Did that did that bug you back in the day, photographers or people trying to bootleg, <laughs> essentially sets back then? No, no, because it just didn't happen that much. Oh, it you didn't. know. Okay. 
photographers were actually using film that they had to pay for and going to get get processed and that was all very expensive and um, people didn't have phones and people couldn't record shows very easily they had to come in with a tape recorder or whatever you know so I don't think it happened enough you know and now it happens a lot like there's just no there's I mean I you know if you're Patty Smith or something you can say no cell phones in there there are people who do shows where you drop your cell phone into a bag or whatever (laughs) and then pick it up after the set but um but for the most part there's just no stopping people from recording and putting on online whatever you do yeah yeah i kind of like it i like the democratization of you know media i guess and not having to buy film and i mean i started off with film but like not having to do that anymore and the the ease of it but i wonder how much i'll always wonder how much it bugs the artists on stage um, As a photographer, I hate to be the guy in your face, so I try to like slink to the back and like not yeah. bug you about it, you know. But it's sometimes it's unavoidable. We did this German tour, and we had a driver for it. Um, this great guy named Gwynny, who's British, mm-hmm. and he um, came, and we just met him, and he's super nice, and he um, he's all covered in tattoos. He looks kind of like Keith Richards with spiked hair, and. <laughs> Gwynny the Gwynny the driver he's called um anyway Gwynny uh he was always filming us he also did our merch for part of the tour and he was always up on stage filming us from the side and I was like that is not my favorite angle dude if you're gonna come here every night and film us you know get in front of me (laughs) preferably up like I don't want hundreds of you know hours of me from the side just like ah so but you know you 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 can't stop I at this point you can't stop that kind of um that kind of documentation it's all it's just happening and you just have to embrace it but um, certainly I have preferred angles. <laughs> if someone sends me a picture of myself, you know, from the side of the stage, I'm just like, I'm not going to use it. <laughs> Get out in the audience. I might use that one. Um, but they're out there, you know. There's always, uh, there's always unflattering shit out there on the Internet. Oh, for sure, yeah. I, I, just, I just took pictures in that photo booth with my girlfriend when we got here, and she hated every single one of them. <laughs> She's like, you better not post a single one of these. <laughs> Well, that's why it's good to have digital because you can just erase all that stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. delete. <laughs> Whereas now you've got this strip of the, you know, from the photo booth machine that's forever. Mm-hmm. And someday, 20 years from now, she'll be like, that's so cute. Yeah. Or that fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. Either way, it elicits some, yeah. some passionate response. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love the cameras everywhere. Um, I was at the Smell covering uh, cov- a couple of bands, and I was one of like nine photographers oh, wow. right up front, and it drove me crazy. And I was like, oh, that's what that looks like? Oh, God. I don't want to be one of those guys. <laughs> I don't know. It's nice. It's nice. I, I'm I'm glad that, yeah, you're down for photos, <laughs> and oh, yeah. for, and for appropriately angled uh, video. So, Please. I I may be bouncing around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So um, after this, you're going to Oakland, you said, right? Tomorrow night, we're playing Oakland. We're playing the opening of the Stork Club, which is a dive that was around for years and years and years, and then it closed. And I don't think I ever played there. It's like the stage was like three inches high, and the sound was terrible, and the drinks were terrible, but everybody loved it. And it got bought by um, the people that run Mosswood Meltdown, which used to be called Burger Boogaloo mm. before the shit hit the fan. Oh. And uh, John Waters is always involved in all their productions and stuff. So they got this bar, and they're reopening it, this old dive bar, and they put in a new stage, a new sound system, a new backstage, new bar. It's like it's the same building, but yeah. it's kind of going to be all new. And they meant to open months ago. Mm. And they had sold out shows and they had all these different shows lined up. And we were lined up and we kept seeing all these shows getting uh, moved to different venues and then, or postponed or yeah. canceled. And it was getting closer and closer to our show. Oh. And we just heard that they had some um, permitting issues with the city and they were trying to work through it. Um, by the time our show came around and then we saw that everything up to our show had been canceled oh my god yeah and then they said um we're getting a special events permit for your show okay so it's gonna happen but you know um uh whether they'll be open next week yet is still to be seen but there you know there's just there's just so many hoops you have to drum through i don't think oakland is I don't think Oakland, Oakland is very uh, music venue friendly. Oh, no. I think they often give people a hard time. So. I know the 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 fire at what was it called Ghost Ship? I think that yeah. scared a lot of people. I remember hearing afterwards that it was really tough to to get permits and stuff like that. And I don't know how accurate those reports were, but I kept hearing that. Yeah, it was just rough. That really put a bad taste in people's mouths and promoters' mouths and all that. I'm sure that the fire department in, in Oakland was really uh, um, coming down on people that were trying to have, you know, small gatherings or big gatherings or whatever. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible thing that happened. And I don't blame them, but um, it's hard in a lot of cities, it's hard to keep a music venue open. You know, you've got neighbors complaining about the noise. You've got underage drinking. You've got, you know, people parking their cars everywhere or hanging out in front of other restaurants or shops and smoking, whatever. You just have, you know, it's just like who wants the big, loud rock club in their neighborhood? Yeah. But, um, but there, have to, there has to be a place for them. That's right. why it's good we're on Anaheim right now and there's millions of you know sirens going by and stuff yeah. <laughs> and it works perfectly with the yeah. bands playing inside yeah it's a it's like a hot part of town it's just loud constantly and this this bar brings it every night i think like there's always something going on here i'm in uh i live in downtown pomona and uh there's a couple of uh venues where they're three four nights a week and they're all i think to your point, they're all far enough away from each other that they don't bug any single person, you know? It's all just comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Well, Oakland really needs a, a you know, a small to mid-size rock club. Mm. Some of the ones have closed that had been open, and some of them are too big for a lot of 
shows to happen at. So mm. this is good. And then some of them are a little bit too small. And so it'll be good if they can have a, you know, 300 plus room. That mm. sounds good. So we'll see yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I heard about uh, venues in, in Germany, uh, like rock venues are kind of small, right? There, It's not much of a, a scene out there. I guess they like EDM and more club music. A friend of mine in Berlin was telling me, he's like, it's hard to find a rock venue that is la- larger than, say, 300 cap, where they're just not as into it. Uh, I think there's a lot of venues in Europe um, on this last tour they were more like that size around 300 they were they were smaller but i think there's a lot of different size the thing is i think in europe you'll have a venue and they'll have a real wide variety of music and or techno or dance or whatever will go on there mm-hmm. and and uh it's not like only this kind of music is going to happen at this venue you know they have just bigger bigger spaces right just whatever they've got right yeah cool cool well thanks for doing this i don't want to hold you up i know you've got a show to play and uh that uh, this other band i don't know who is on right now but um that first band was solid they were really cool this is a great lineup i think everybody was excited about it too cool. yeah cool. Uh, uh anything you want to plug uh any more dates friday we're playing arcada speaking of small clubs and saturday we're playing san jose at the ritz so people can go to my website, Penelope.net, and see all the dates and ticket links and stuff. Awesome. I'll post a link, too. Okay. Yeah, make cool. sure everybody sees it. Cool. Thanks again for doing this. Yeah.